0: Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, book two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpak. 37. Zach's family. You are Zach's mom. Katie couldn't keep the surprise out of her voice. The lady standing in front of her was about five feet two inches tall. Her wiry frame weighed less than a hundred pounds soaking wet. She looked at the mountain standing next to her. How did you come out of her? Zack was born early, his mother explained. He was a very sickly child. Katie stared in shock at the small woman. Sickly as in Frail? My baby grew out of it when he reached puberty. The woman said proudly. Obviously, David said under his breath. Kluxy chuckled. Thank the Lord for puberty. The small dark woman standing in front of Katie. Narrowed her eyes at Cluxy. Are you disrespecting my lord? Cluxy sobered. No, ma'am. I do not tolerate any disrespect to the good lord who gave us so many blessings. Sorry, ma'am. I was meaning no disrespect. Cluxy gulped and gave Zack a help me look. Zack put his arm around his mom's shoulders. I'm sure Cluxy was meaning he was happy. I was able to grow during that time in my life. The small woman never took her eyes off Kluxy. Uh-huh. She pointed a finger at him. I'm watching you, boy. If you step out of line, I'm going to wipe your butt all over this floor. And I don't mean with a mop. Yes, ma'am, Cluxy said, putting his hands up in surrender. Katie couldn't help giggling. How long are you staying? Zack's mom said. Just for a couple of... A couple of days? Nuh-uh. You're staying for at least a week. Zack's mom interrupted. Katie widened her eyes. I was going to say minutes. The woman blinked. I haven't seen my boy in months and you're only going to let me see him for a couple of minutes? You just go inside and sit down. None of you are leaving until I say you're leaving. Not knowing what else to do, Katie did what she was told. How are we going to get out of here? She asked David with her thoughts. He gave her a nervous smile and shook his head. The first thing I need to do is teach you how to communicate in private. Katie lamented with her thoughts. How can you not know the basics? David grinned. I was too busy trying to organize pure arts to learn any basics, he said in a soft voice. What are you two whispering about? Don't you know it's rude to whisper? Katie glanced up quickly to see Zach's mom glaring at the two of them. She cleared her throat. Sorry, you have a nice home, she said lamely. We've lived here for over three generations, Zach's mom said proudly. Katie widened her eyes in surprise. Wow! She looked around the small apartment. Zach's mom settled comfortably in her chair. My grandmother was the first tenant in this apartment. She moved to Chicago when she was a little girl from Tennessee. Katie and David leaned forward, instantly alert. What part of Tennessee? David asked, trying to sound nonchalant. Somewhere close to Knoxville. I forget the town. Katie gave Zach a steady look. He gave her a shrug. Did your grandmother tell any stories about her life in Tennessee? Zack's mom grinned. She used to tell me the most fantastic bedtime story I made her tell me every night. Katie's heart rate accelerated. Do you mind telling us about it? The small woman sat up straight in her chair. When my grandmother was a little girl, she lived in the Smoky Mountains. She would talk about how she missed those mountains till the day she died. She used to say, You can't really breathe in this flat country like you can in the mountains. Katie leaned forward. And the bedtime story? When my grandmother was a little girl, she was playing in the woods when she saw a white tiger fighting a very large brown bear. The bear was much larger than the tiger, but the tiger succeeded in killing the bear. The tiger was hurt and it lay down on the grass resting. My grandmother felt sorry for the tiger and decided to try and help it. As she was creeping up to the tiger, she noticed the brown bear had turned into a white man. The woman leaned back into her chair, getting comfortable. My grandmother was very scared. In those days, they were very afraid of the clan. A white man found dead close to a black family home meant someone was going to get hanged. She ran home and got her mama. Her mama came running and they discovered the white tiger had turned into a young Indian woman. She lay sleeping in the same position as the white tiger when my grandmother left it. My great-grandmother dragged that white man to the turnip patch and buried him so that no one would know about him. They took the Indian woman and brought her into their home. She slept for several days. When she woke up, she was very hungry and she was completely better. She thanked my great grandmother for helping her and then she left. Several months later, a white person was found dead alongside the road. The clan was always looking for an excuse and decided a black person must have harmed the white man. Men arrived at my grandmother's home. They wore sheets and their heads were covered. They demanded my grandmother's older brother or they would burn the house down. The small woman grinned. A white tiger charged out of the woods and scared the horses, making them throw several of the people. The tiger charged the men, making them scatter. She grabbed the leader of the clansmen and dragged him into the woods. They later found him about 20 miles away. He had been wandering through the woods for days. The next morning, the Indian woman approached the house and offered her assistance. She said there was a place they could go where the clan were too afraid to enter. They would be safe there. My great-grandmother decided to move north. She was afraid they might be recognized and didn't want attention drawn to the white tiger and their sanctuary. Instead of moving under the protection of the white tiger, my great-grandmother moved north to the city of Chicago. The Indian woman said she would never forget their kindness and will always consider my great-grandmother's family as her own. Silence followed the stories. It has nothing to do with Indian blood or living in the Smoky Mountains. It has everything to do with the great white tiger recognizing a worthy descendant of someone that had helped her before. Katie said with her thoughts, So, somewhere in my family, someone helped the great white tiger, Kluxy said with his thoughts in awe. And the spirit of the tiger looked through the bloodline and chose me as the best one to help. Katie nodded. That's why Zach was included, she said with her thoughts. The spirit of the white tiger remembers every single person that helped, or was helped by old Elizabeth Hot. It somehow tags the family line. So when the tiger needs it, a were-animal develops in the family line. Did I mention the white tiger could speak with her thoughts? Zach's mom's voice rang out, just like what you are doing right now. Four sets of startled eyes rested on the woman sitting in the chair. My grandmother convinced me a long time ago the story she told was true. She looked over at Zach. Is my boy a changeling? Zach gave Katie a please help me look. Katie cleared her throat. The spirit of the great white tiger somehow tagged your family line. And yes, Zach is a animal. He turned into a great white bear. I knew my boy was destined for great things. Katie looked over at Zach, who was grinning from ear to ear. A knock sounded on the door. A nice-looking, slender guy walked in. He gave each of them a nod. Walking over to Zach, he bumped fists. Can I speak to you in private? Everyone in the room knows everything, Zack said with a lazy grin. Hey, everyone, I'd like you to meet my main man, Tony. He knows everything. He was the one that convinced me I needed to go find you guys. Tony gave everyone a stiff nod of hellos. I need to speak to you in private, man, he said under his breath. Zack shrugged. Go ahead and say it out loud. Everything you have to say, I'm going to tell them anyway. Tony shook his head. Staring at the ceiling, your boy over here, he points to Kluxy, has KKK on his shoulder and a swastika on his other shoulder. He walks down the street naked like he owns the place. Some of the boys are thinking of teaching him a lesson on respecting the neighborhood. Katie leaned her head back and closed her eyes. Zach looked over at Kluxy. You're not wearing any clothes, man? I didn't have time to pack clean clothes. Besides, everyone can see my projection except for him. He pointed to David. Katie shook her head. Kluxy, not everyone can see the projection, especially this far north. You went walking through my neighborhood, standing right next to me in my neighborhood, with that Ku Klux Klan tattoo on your shoulder for everyone to see? Zack's eyes had that wild look. He was looking like he was going to punch Kluxy in the face. Katie turned to David. How come you didn't give us a heads up? David shrugged. I'm so used to seeing him naked. I think the only time I've ever seen Cluxy with clothes on was the first day we arrived and the airport. What kind of name is Kluxy? Tony said. Katie sighed. The first three days, Cluxy and Zach were together. They fought so much, I didn't know Cluxy's name. I started calling him Kluxy because he's a member of the Ku Klux Klan. I never met a member of the KKK. Are they as dumb as you? Tony said with a straight face. I can wipe your butt all over this floor. Kluxy said, my butt will be alive while your dumb ass won't be, Tony said. The door opened. A beautiful petite black girl walked into the room. She paused for a moment before launching herself into Zach's arms. Zach hugged her tight. Everyone, I would like you to meet my little sister, Carla. Carla gave them all a smile. There's supposed to be a crazy white boy in here with no clothes on. Cluxy got up, his face turning a bright shade of red. That would be me. He looked sheepishly towards her. I'm afraid I miscalculated my attire. I don't understand. Carla looked at Zach. He's wearing clothes. Yes, I am. He shrugged, giving her a wink. And yet, I'm not. What are you doing? Zach demanded. Cluxy gave Zach a distracted glance, quickly returning his attention to Carla. I have no idea, brother. Zach grabbed Kluxy by the neck. You are not going to wink at my sister, nor are you going to call me your brother. Whatever you say, Cluxy said, his eyes never leaving Carla's. She giggled. Before Zach could go into overdrive, Katie quickly stood up. Have you ever noticed, she said calmly to Zach and Cluxy, when you transform, she pointed to Zach, you are completely white when you change, and she pointed to Cluxy, you are completely black. They both stared at her. When you mix the two colors together, You probably get the same color gray. Katie shrugged. Zach and Kluxy looked at each other and cracked up laughing. I never noticed it, man. Zach said, rubbing his eyes. I'm all white. I told you we were brothers. Kluxy said, his gaze returning to Carla. You are not my brother. Okay, let's get out of here before World War III begins in your mama's living room. Zach. Do you have any clothes Cluxy can wear? Kluxy gave Carla a wink before following Zach into a back bedroom. Katie turned back around. How are we going to get out of here? She asked Tony. You got any suggestions? He shrugged. Maybe I can get a car and pull up. The four of you can run out and get in it. Katie frowned. How many people could see Cluxy's clothes? Tony shook his head. Only a few swore up and down. They didn't know what the others were talking about. Can you see his clothes? Tony shook his head. Your projections are strong enough for me to see, David pointed out. Why don't you see if Tony can see yours? Katie turned, giving Tony a calculating look. She developed a snowstorm in the living room, allowing the wind to whip around the room. The next instant, it stopped. Tony had a dazed look on his face. Katie cocked her head to one side. Did you see the snowstorm I projected? That was you, Tony said in an odd voice. I could even feel the cold wind. Katie gave David a grin. My projections work. He gave her a wink. Katie looked back at Tony before projecting her image gone from the room. Tony jumped back, looking around the room. She closed the image. I don't see a problem with us just walking down the street normally. Tony gave her a grin. I would love to work with you on a few projects I've been developing. Katie grinned back. I'm all busy at the moment fighting evil villains, but when I'm done, look me up. Is this what Zach's been doing? Carlos said in an odd voice. Katie gave her a smile. Your big brother is one of the leaders. He's pretty close to the top man himself. She could see David's grin in the corner of her eye. I knew my boy was going to be special. I just knew it. Zach's mom giggled like a schoolgirl. I don't care how beautiful you think my sister is. You do not have my permission to date her. Katie grinned at the blushing Carla. They act like that all the time. Actually, they are the best of friends. They just don't know it. David shrugged. Kluxy was trying to do the southern gentleman and ask permission. Katie gave Carla a knowing look. Does Kluxy need Zack's permission to give you a call? Carla's face was a beet red. I live in Chicago. I need no one's permission. That's the spirit, Katie said with a grin. She cocked her head to one side as it sounded like the pure hearts were really tearing the place up. Zach, Kluxy, we need to get going. If you don't stop and get out of here, I'm leaving you behind. The large noises in the bedroom stopped. Zack came out with Kluxy close behind. How many times do I have to tell you? Zack said in an aggressive voice, You are not to go anywhere without me. Katie stood straight up with a quick salute. Yes, sir. David jumped in and followed Katie's example. We just need to get going, sir. Zack paused for a moment before looking at his mom's beaming face. He looked back at Katie and David realization dawning on his face, grinning. He saluted them back. I have to get going, Mama. This girl says you are one of the top leaders. Is that right? Zack gave Katie a grin. Yes, Mama. I'm one of three. The petite woman gave him a hug. I'm so proud of you. Carla folded her arms. What position do you hold? She asked Kluxy. Kluxy looked down at the floor and kicked a chair softly. Bodyguard. Carla stepped closer to Cluxy. That's a pretty important position. Who do you guard? Cluxy turned a deep shade of red. Them. He indicated David and Katie. Katie stepped closer. Cluxy, you have about 30 seconds to get her number. I suggest you do it. She turned to Zach. You don't get to have a say. She gave David a grin as she waited patiently for Carla to write down her number. While they listened to Zach complain, saying their last goodbye, Katie projected the four of them not present. Walking down the steps, she could see a large crowd milling around the street. Walking carefully in order to not accidentally walk into someone, Katie was beginning to breathe a sigh of relief. Is this a one or a seven? Cluxy asked. I'm not telling you, Zach said. Kluxy did a 180, running back down the block. Katie's concentration broke for a split second as she turned to yell at Cluxy. There he is! Someone yelled in the crowd. Katie screamed Cluxy's name as five gunshots ripped through the air. She saw in slow motion Cluxy's body hit the ground. She ran towards him and the crowd milling around. Tears streaming down her face, she broke through the crowd. Zack began mowing people down, trying to get to Cluxy. He stopped and looked at Cluxy's body. You killed my brother! You killed my brother! He screamed into the crowd. He started punching everyone he could reach. The crowd backed away from him as Zack started charging into the crowd, screaming at the top of his lungs, You killed my brother! David enveloped Katie in his arms. A van! Flew down the street, its horn blaring. Everyone jumped out of the way, giving the van a wide clearing. A large man jumped out, opening the back door. He lifted Kluxy up, dumping him into the back. He grabbed Katie by the arm. Come, great wolf. We need to go now. Katie looked up into Hank's large, bushy eyes. She got up and jumped in the van, followed by David. The large Neanderthal walked over to Zack, who was still trying to pick a fight with everyone on the street. Hank grabbed Zack's arm. Zack automatically made a move he'd learned in defense class. He swung around and punched Hank in the stomach. Hank didn't move. His large body absorbed Zack's full punch. Zack stared up into Hank's face. Get into the van, Great Bear. It's time to leave. Zack gave Hank a startled look before jumping into the back of the van, closing the doors behind him. Everyone in the street gaped as Hank calmly walked back to the van. He jumped into the driver's seat and pulled away. The van made a U-turn, throwing Katie around in the back. Finally stabilizing, she reached for Kluxy. I'm sorry, Kluxy. I'm so sorry. Kluxy sat up. That's okay. As long as you're sorry, Katie gawked at the grinning Kluxy. She looked over at Zach, who had a stunned look on his face. You're supposed to be dead, Cluxy. Kluxy shrugged. I felt the bullets hit me, and one of them hurt like crazy. I stumbled and fell. I thought it was best if I played possum until we figured out how to get me away from the crowd. You're not dead. Zack said, his face serious. I just punched out several of my neighbors over an undead body. Kluxy grinned. I felt real bad. I almost sat up and told you I was alive. Katie got down on her knees and started examining Kluxy's torn clothes. She could see the holes in the clothing. There were even some burn marks on the material. She felt his skin, other than a red area, There was not a blemish on his skin. Tyler was right. We are bulletproof. You knew, Zach yelled at her. You knew we were bulletproof? Katie shrugged. Tyler mentioned we could be bulletproof. There was no way we could test it until one of us got shot. She grinned at Cluxy. It never occurred to me at the time. When I saw you in the ground, I thought you were dead. Kluxy grinned. It touched my heart how everyone cared. He reached over and punched Zack in the shoulder. I love you too, man. Zack didn't say anything. He got up and went to the front of the van. Sitting in the passenger seat, he glared out the windshield. Now that we're officially brothers, can I date your sister? Kluxy yelled to the front of the van. Zack shook his head, mumbling something Katie couldn't hear. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.